Well, folks, how are we? Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're doing well. And I don't think I've ever been as giddy or as excited to share an interview before. I've been sitting on this one for a while now. I did it a couple of months ago. And I've just been counting down the weeks, waiting for the moment that I can share this. And here we are. We've finally arrived. So, Foy Vance is a legendary singer-songwriter from Bangor, Northern Ireland. Since his first album in 2007... Foy's music has been known and loved all over the world, and alongside selling out his own tours in the last decade, he's played along some of the greatest musicians alive, including Ed Sheeran, Elton John, and Alicia Keys. But in November 2017, something unusual happened. Foy walked off stage after playing the Union Chapel in London without having another gig in the diary. That was the first time that's happened in over 20 years. So during the last two years, Foy has clocked in like a miner Monday to Friday into his studio to carve out time and space to create new music. I had the incredible opportunity to catch up with Foy very, very early one morning, just at the very end of this chapter of his life, as he was coming off the boat to play Ward Park back in May. Not only has Foy just announced a new worldwide tour, but also three new albums. Foy Vance fans everywhere rejoice. The first one is from Muscle Shoals, which just rolled out a few days ago, everywhere that music is available. So in this very raw conversation we had with Foy today, we talk about what it means to wake up, the importance of play when it comes to making music, and why it's essential to stop and listen. This was a once in a lifetime conversation for me, and I'm so chuffed to be able to share it with you all. (laughs) I know for a fact it's literally going to blow you away, because it certainly blew me away. All right, that's it. Here we go. Hi, this is Foy Vance, and you're listening to Best of Belfast. All right, guys, what's the crack? My name is Matthew Thompson, and welcome to Best of Belfast, the podcast that celebrates our wee country, Northern Ireland. Each episode gives you the opportunity to get to know and learn from some of the incredible people who call this place home through our unfiltered conversations. The show is brought to you from our recording studio in Ormo Bass, Barclay Eagle Labs, a co-working space right here in the heart of the city centre. Support for Best of Belfast comes from our Producers Club, where listeners just like you pledge as little as £1 a month in exchange for exclusive perks, invitations to live podcasts, some Northern Irish swag, and much, much more. Massive, massive thank you to all of you who are part of that, especially our Titanic producers, Town Square Cafe, Gavin Wall, Ali Hart, Young Enterprise Northern Ireland, and of course, the Omobass team. We could not do this show without our producers, and thanks to your support, we can keep it running and allowed to stay ad-free. So, really appreciate you. To find out more about the great work these guys do, and support us on our journey to 100 interviews, please visit bestofbelfast.org. Okay, that's it for me. Time to jump straight into today's conversation with this week's local legend. I wasn't awake at that time, you know what I mean? Uh, it was just something that I that I did on my journey to yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to get to to making music. Yeah. I was sort of like zombie-esque at that stage in my life, you know, I, did, I was just kind of going, saying yes to everything. Yeah. Because that was all a bit of crack, anything that, anything that got me out of the mundanity <laughs> of my own life, you know. Uh, so you yeah, used the phrase, I wasn't awake yet. That's interesting. What do you mean by that? And when, at what point in your life do you feel like you woke up? The day my dad died, I think. When was that in terms of how old were you? Uh, it was uh, January 30th, 1999. I was 24. 24? Yeah. It's my age? Yeah. Yeah. What changed for you? Because that's obviously a massive My dad part. died. Just fucking told you. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what was it about that that kind of... You know what... Uh, it's, 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 this is an odd one. Um, because I, so when I was when I was playing gigs at that stage, I used to I still couldn't write. I still couldn't. I still hadn't found a voice. Okay. I was just uh, I was doing cover gigs. You know what I mean? Playing in pubs and and doing cover gigs. Yeah. But once in a while. Uh, I would try and pass off, just make something up on the spot. 
and see if I could pass it off on the audience. It worked especially well if it was the kind of audience that wasn't listening. <laughs> and there was a lot of that in the pubs, you know. Um, but it, so I used to make up these songs as, as I was doing my set and see if I could get away with it. And, and at the time it was, uh, like I say, January 99 and I was living in Lanzarote. Oh. In the Canary Islands. Uh, I just got married the September before. And we moved to the Canary Islands for a while. And I, I lived out there and I was playing in a pub called the Jellyfish <laughs> upstairs. Unreal. I liked, I liked that pub because, um, well, because you could get away with playing like John Martin and Nick Drake. And, nice. you know, you get away with kind of playing decent music for whatever reason. It kind of, it, it always pulled a, you know, a certain type of people. Um, but just not enough of them because you know <laughs> they didn't they didn't play dance music and all that crap. But I liked it because you go and and you could make up shit and yeah, see if you yeah, get away. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't really matter. Um, the vibe was good there, and you know everyone was up for it. Uh, so the, so anyway, I was playing that night, um, in the Jellyfish, and I found this riff when I was just sort of tuning up. Found this riff, and I started jamming on it and then and then started singing uh singing these lyrics about like uh crying in the night and you know jesus is coming like a thief in the night was one of the lyrics as well i remember um and it sort of didn't really go anywhere but i remember staying in it for ages that night felt really i, I really felt uh emotional mm. playing it you know what i mean i could feel myself in it it felt kind of pregnant with something in yeah, a way. Yeah. Um, and I went home that night and hardly slept. I was crying a lot through that night. And um, my wife at the time uh, was going like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what's up. I just, uh, but that song, that, that riff, was just circulating in my head. Yeah. Um, and I woke up the next morning and realized that I had lost my phone. So I went out to the car, uh, went, looked all, all over for it, uh, went out to the car, thought maybe, maybe I left it in the car. It was under the seat. And I pulled it out from the seat and straight away saw 14 missed calls. Wow. Thought, what's that? That's weird. So from my, from my mum, and called home, and so it turns out that as I was doing that, that would have been about one in the morning when I was finishing my gig that I did that. That's what I closed with. Um, he was he died. Wow! As I was sort of you know going, working on that song, and you know I, I hung up the phone, and straight away the first thing I did was straight out the back and uh, sat and wrote. The entire song, mm. uh, four verses, choruses, wrote it all out, uh, and it, it all just spewed out. Mm. That's the first time that had ever happened. I'd always kind of laboured over, over lyrics, you know, and trying to find meaning and stuff. Whereas this was like more like vomiting, yeah, not yeah, not yeah. to be yeah. not to be you know crude about it or whatever, but it, it was it was like a visceral reaction. It was like Whoa, I need to get this out. <laughs> And that was a turning point, you know what I mean? That was a real turning point for for me uh, in so many ways, you know. Uh, and it's weird when it, in that you can never be too quick to judge whether something's a blessing or a curse, right? You know, yeah. I, I lost my dad, but I I gained an ability to articulate, uh, you know, that loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way. And you know, I'd fuck, I'd give it away for a single R with them. Mm. Uh, uh, of course, I would. But um, yeah, it's just odd that you know his leaving was the arriving of mm. of being able to write. Yeah, you know, and it was, and for the first for the first three months, it was really quite violent. Like all the songs were really kind of close to the bone. Mm. Uh, and the the closer to the bone they were, the the better it felt, mm. you yeah. know. And I don't know. There's something in that just kind of shook me up and and uh, 
I mean, not that, not that, I, not that I, uh, not that I um, understood the craft of songwriting straight away at all. You know, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm still working on it. You know, it's a, it's a never ending job that one. Um, but it kind of it, it it made me alert. Something about it just made me alert. I was able to kind of. Uh, hear things without having to try and force lyrics anymore or force melodies. They they came. Mm. I found a way of being still enough to listen. I think when something like you know your dad passing is it's it's ground shaking. You know it's uh, mm. yeah that that that'll wake you up mm. big time. Yeah, I needed it. Do you know what I mean? I really did, I really did, because I was a pretty, pretty kind of docile. <laughs> you know, I still am somewhat, you know. But uh, yeah, so that's a very long-winded answer. I can't even remember what you what you, what the question was. No, it's a great great place to start. Good stuff. What sort of? I got it was like some serious. This is a very crude way to say it, but like serious material for you to glean from. And from you to use and to you know put in through the medium of songwriting, mm. what sort of stuff did you start to glean to after that season? After kind of maybe the season of I don't know, if, not to don't put words in your mouth, but of rage and of maybe anger and you know loss. From there, what sort of emotions and themes did you really start to be drawn to? Do you know what? Essentially, what what all songs are about, you know, mm. love or the lack thereof. It. <laughs> That's good, right? Yeah, uh, in a way, you know, not to be over reductive, but yeah, yeah, probably that. Just, just. Yeah, love and relationships and the usual boring shit. You know what I mean? Mate, that's the good stuff. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Like, if you don't have that, what do you have? Like? Uh, you know what? I've, I've just, uh, I'm doing this project at the minute. Uh, well, I've done, I've done it. Now it's been, it's recorded and already. Uh, I've recorded two albums. It was meant to be two EPs. Okay. Um, just while we're waiting, uh, while I'm compiling an, another record, like for the follow-up to Wild Swan. Thought well, uh, you know, I should uh, release some of these songs that are already sitting there on, on a hard drive, you know. So I, I had a, I made a collection of soul songs. Do you know what I realize? I, I'm stammering here, and I, it's because I'm not telling you the full story. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it concise. <laughs> just go for it, then. Yeah, like, so we've I'm got just time. Fuck. It's a podcast. You know it's long exactly. form. Work away, exactly. Foy. Do your thing. So I'll just tell you. Do it. So I, I, I came off the road on uh, November fourth, twenty seventeen. Right. And Sonny was my son was born in the March of that year, and that that was the that was the tail end of the busiest two years I've ever had and I've been touring for just as long as I can remember 20 years I don't know you know like but that last two were just uh, really intense mm. because it was it was the it was the first it was the first record on on this new label like signing with Ed's label and they they you know they put some decent money behind it and stuff and I was like oh you know, I'm gonna to have to really service this yeah, record. Yeah, you know yeah, go to smash it, mate. You know, what I mean? I'm gonna to have to go out and really put the work in here. And so, I, I wanted to. I wanted to do it justice. Um. So I did. I went out and had the busiest two years I've ever had, and it was a good two years. But being on the road takes its toll on anyone, yeah. let alone if you're, you know, uh, in your early forties and. Uh, <laughs> And have, you know, a teenage kid and a pregnant partner and, yeah. you know, and a, a house to be at. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, that's that's just, uh, it was tricky. It was really tricky. It was really intense. Um, so I needed to get off the road. I knew that much. 
Why was that so busy? Who were you touring with at that time? It was my. It was uh, some support tours uh, with Elton. Uh, mostly my own stuff. It's great. You know, a few festivals. Just just touring all over the place. You know. Uh, I can't even. I, you know what? I can't even remember. Does it all blur? That's something I wanted to ask you. Was like you do so many gigs. Does it all just kind of become? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It really does. Um. But I just t- I took on every bit of work that was going. Mm. You know. Uh, for those two years to try and do justice to you know to this record that we'd made, um. But at the end of that two years, I realized I'm never touring like this again. You know what I mean? I'm just, I just can't. It's just not. It's not. It's not good for me. It's not what I want. It's not what I like. It's not. Yeah. Um. You know, I love playing live, but uh, not at the expense of you know a family and uh and writing i love writing i yeah. love be, i love being in the studio on my own and sitting there and, and playing mm-hmm. you know like playing like a child i mean like not yeah, you yeah. know just uh farting around until something happens yeah <laughs> it's good um and you can't do that really when you're on the road. You're always you're always moving, and even when you're not moving, it's like getting off a boat. You know, you're still a bit rocky. Mm. You, you, you always feel like you're in transit, even if you're not. Um, which is what happened when I went home. When I stopped touring on on in November, I played the Union Chapel in London, and walked off stage, and that was the first time in. And like I say, twenty years or whatever that I didn't have another gig in the diary. Wow! In twenty years? Yeah, yeah. I've always had a, I've always had a gig in the diary. Always. <laughs> um. So, it was a bizarre feeling, but it was really liberating. It was. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get into the studio and and get cracking. But when I went into the studio, it didn't happen straight away. <laughs> you know, because the, uh, you know. I, I had uh, accumulated all the accoutrements of, of tour life, you know, and I had a lot of things to kind of clean up from and clear out and, you know, and, and clean house a bit yeah. and get used to normality. Uh, not living out of a suitcase. Yes. Among other things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's one of them. Although, still doing that. But um, So the point is, I was trying to write for this, for the, for the next, for the follow-up album. And it it wasn't it wasn't coming uh, it wasn't coming straight away. So I started putting in practices. Like I thought, you know what, I'm going to go in in the morning. I'm going to go through old songs and I'm going to categorize them and put put them in and see if there's anything there worth pilfering or rewriting or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Are these songs that you'd like once penned but sort of abandoned or left or stuffed into storage or what were these songs yeah just songs i'd written either just for fun or for friends or for someone or for a film project that never happened or or you know or or just you know just for the fuck of it yeah sure um and sometimes just for exercises you know sometimes before uh before getting tucked into a you know producing a song or whatever i'd sometimes write a song in the morning mm. not always i don't always do that it's not yeah, like yeah. a common practice but yeah. sometimes i would think you know what i'll knock a song out just to get uh, in the in, in in the mood uh and a couple of them are are, are that you know class. literally just sort of you know as long as it took to play the chords as, as long as it took to write the song um yeah, some of them were terrible. <laughs> but, but there were a couple, were a couple there that I happened to, I happened to, you know, happen upon something. There's a an open letter on your website at the minute, which I, I really enjoyed. But there's a wee phrase from that that I just has really stuck in my mind. And you described yourself as a miner going in Monday to Friday. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Because I thought that was class, but I just wanted to hear kind of what you meant. You know what. Well, like when you when you're on, when you're on the road, uh, it's all a bit more laissez-faire, you know. It's mm-hmm. like I, I I I literally turn up wherever they tell me to turn up, and then I go to the next place that they've told me to turn up to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, and you sleep when you're tired, and you eat when you you're hungry, and yeah. you know, 
And I tried that life when I when I got home. <laughs> it really didn't work. It really didn't work. You know, uh, it just wasn't conducive to anything, mm. including writing. Uh, and I kind of realized, hang on, I got. I, I'm here because I because I like music. Why why am I? What's all this staying up to four in the morning? And, you know, I'm getting hammered every night. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're. Like every night's a party night, like it is on tour, you know, or it can be. Um, so yeah, just clocking in Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday, I I I go in usually around tenish, and usually home around seven, eight, unless I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm going away or I've got to compile something. You know, I stay on later, or whatever. Mm. Aside from Thursdays and Thursdays, Sonny and I go in. Uh, he goes into the studio with me on Thursdays and then Ella comes by. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thursdays are good. I bet. And then, and then when they go home, then I stay there on Thursday night, work Thursday night. So that's the only one, that's the, that's the one night that's not the, that's not quite the Monday to Friday, like a minor, but. Yeah. And also it is like mining, you know, kind of like digging, <laughs> you know, there is, there is a, there's real uh what's what how do I wanna uh, why do I need to say this? Um there's a real purpose in, in method. You know, just like 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 setting up practices mm. and just doing them methodically. It's not even about the practice, really. Yeah. Uh it's about what what happens when you do that. You know, so what does one of those practices look like? Well, one thing uh, I do is play is really important. Like I sit at the piano and I play piano, but playfully. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I play like I do. You know, play like a plumber. You know what I mean. Like <laughs> like a guy that doesn't know what the piano is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and see what you can find. You know, because yeah. your hands can pull funny shapes, and yeah. you know, and I can make it move quick, and you can get all kinds of sounds and. Um, and I make myself do that sort of improvising mm. a lot. That's a that's that's something. Not that I'm great at it in any way, but you don't have to be. That's not the point. Yeah, that's not the point. The point is to to do it and not think, not be thinking about it. Get your thoughts out of the way. Don't have any uh, preconceived notion of what you're going to do. You know, force yourself to not do that. Mm. Which in a weird way is you, no, there's no force in it. It's an odd one. It's kind of just. Yeah. That's one thing I do. Cool. Do you ever feel like you are just going in and hitting your head off a brick wall? Because there's times. No. no, it's interesting. No. Are you a flow guy? It just always seems to sort of flow. Well, if it's not flowing, I don't do it. You just. So you say you walk Move into the on. studio tomorrow and it's not flowing. You know, what do you do? Do you just say, okay, do you pack up and go home or no. what do you do? No, it's never not flowing. Uh, it's never not. Fl- I mean, well, sometimes I'm going in, sometimes I'm going in with no agenda because mm-hmm. I'm just going in and I'm thinking, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be open to writing today. Yeah. You know, so then I'll just, I'll play and if I find something, then I'll, then I'll follow that. So there's all, there's, you know, the, the purpose is play. Yeah. And then if I find something, the purpose is re- record this. Yeah. Uh, and then the purpose is record it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way that's articulate and articulates the song and in a way, you know, best suits the song, serve the song, you know what I mean? Always serve the song. So there's always, and if I'm not doing that, then I'm either, you know, uh, making demos of stuff that I'm sending out to musicians, mm. like I sent out to, to uh, these musicians in the states for these projects that I still haven't got around to fucking talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a long-winded story. Um, so, are you like I'm not familiar with the music industry and I don't know any of the terms or anything. Um, like I've heard of people saying like a, a jobbing songwriter or something like that. Does that mean that you? like people who write songs for other people or is that something I've just 
Yeah. Like they're my arse. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, a, yeah, a jobbing songwriter, that's a, I suppose that's, yeah, that's a phrase of someone that just works day to day writing for other folks. That's what so have you, have you done that in the past? No, not jobbing. No, uh, no. I mean, I write with other people, yeah. Yeah. I write with other people, but it's more, uh, it's more kind of just, you know, through personal introduction, you know what I mean? I don't go, yeah, to, yeah, this, yeah, I don't yeah, go yeah. to a studio and write with other, yeah, yeah, and yeah. sit there and artists come in and I write with them and yeah. then the next day someone else, you know, it's more kind of, hey, you want to write with so-and-so? Um, um, and then, you, they, then I go either go to their studio or yeah, they yeah. come to me or whatever. So, like, what does that look like? How do you kind of co-write a song with someone? Do you know what? That's a, it's a really interesting process that, because uh, it's, it's not something that um, I do for myself mm. ever. And it's not, that's not in any way uh, to be in any way snobby. It's just I would infuriate <laughs> anyone that I was writing with because, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I'll, you know, I, I'd be happy to sit and chew on the same the same wee bit of meat <laughs> for a while until it you know until you get the full flavor of it and yeah, think, yeah. okay where is this gonna go and lots of people don't like that um yeah and also i i, I enjoy it i enjoy the nuances you know what i mean yeah. that's the that's the bit that's enjoyable for me yeah. is, is, is those you know yeah that kind of sort of bit beyond the beyond the composite parts of the music, you know, that, that, mm. that trying to find out, that's, that's a good bit that I like. So I don't really write from with other people for myself. So writing with other folks, it's always, it's always for them, which is in a way freeing. Cause then you're there to, you know, employ your sensibilities or a bit of craft or whatever, but just listen and, and see, you know, what, what's their vernacular, what, what, uh, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. I like working with work with artists. I've I've only written a couple of times with uh, where I've been in a room with writers, just a couple of writers. That's only happened uh, mm. uh, once, I think. Actually, <laughs> there you go. Full stop. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but it's that's again. That's you know. It's just because. If there's no voice in the room, if there's no if there's no one to hang this on, it's hard it's hard to know it's hard to know where to go with it. Yeah, you know, and I don't want to put my own ideas on it because I, I want to take my own ideas home and yeah. work, work them out myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but if there's someone there and they they've got a they've got an idea, then it's like you can go with them on it. Yeah, uh, I like that. Who have you enjoyed? Writing with, I'll not ask you who you've not enjoyed writing with, uh, but I'll ask you who you have enjoyed. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I only work with people that I enjoy writing with. It's good, you know. I only work with people I enjoy writing with. Uh, Ed, Ed's good to write with. Um, he's re- he's really fast. Is he fast? Yeah, like writes really really quick. Wow. Well, I would, you know, I would, I would constantly be trying to slow it down. <laughs> you know, like, hang on, let's let's think about that. You know, maybe we could chew on the meat, like you said. And he's like. Get it done. Don't get it right. Get it written, and then we can fix it later. And you know, yeah, he's really fast. But but he. But the thing with him is, he knows. He always knows where he's going. Interesting. You know, he always knows where he's going. Or or, or you know, he's got a he's got a vision of where it needs to be. Vision. That's what he has. Actually, maybe that's what it is. Uh. So I like writing with people like that. That you know, Alicia Keys. She's another one. You know what I mean? She's got just got a voice got she knows um she knows the kind of thing she wants she you know she wants to say yeah you yeah. know what i mean she knows who she is uh and that that's really just a pleasure to write with you know because yeah. it's just it's it's as much about um i just listen mm. listening more than anything else which i like good we were talking about chefs uh outside before we were yeah. uh, recording and we we're talking a bit about your podcast which i'd love to hear more about because mm-hmm. i think that's interesting but have you ever heard this thing i think it's gordon ramsay and someone asked him one time they were like what 
is the number one thing you look out for for a new chef that you think he's you know there he or she's going to go far and he just turns around and he says good taste I thought that was really, really interesting. Like all, all the things you could have that taste was like the really important thing. Because his his big thing is, you know, if a chef can't taste food, he doesn't know what's good. Of course, yeah. And I'm, we're sitting here, we're talking about, you know, you're in the studio, you've got all these songs, all these drafts, some of them finished, some of them unfinished. Like, how do you filter through all of these songs? And how do you know, like, which ones taste good? As in like, which, how do you decide to pull the trigger on something that's sitting in your notebook to then going and taking it all the way to a single or part of an album or you know whatever what was the last bit how do i take it from a notebook to yeah like how do you decide like you look at the song you say yeah i think this tastes good enough that i'm gonna go and actually record it and I, you don't even decide there's no decision in it it either you know you're either interested in it or you're not so is that your barometer it's just you're interested yeah cool that's the only barometer you need uh, i think you know, if you follow your interest, you'll you'll always be all right. Mm. That's good. <laughs> In anything, uh, you know, yeah, because it's because it's interesting. So you'll be you'll be, yeah, sti- yeah. You'll be you know, so you're skilled. You'll keep on doing it. You'll be stimulated, and if something else comes of it, then that's great. Cool. But if not, still interest. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're yeah. still it's uh, it's win win. Yeah. To, to do that, no. So I don't. I, if it's not interesting, I don't do it. Yeah. You know, I just don't do it. So what is interesting you about doing this podcast? Not this one, but your podcast? Talking to people. Yeah. You know, getting getting the chance to talk to people. Yeah, so my podcast is called The Vinyl Supper Podcast. Very nice. It's it's kind of... Well, you know what? It's it's an excuse to talk to people. Yeah. But, you know, you need something to hang it on. Mm. Um, So, uh, yeah, so it's kind of... (laughs) You know, it, it's a, it's kind of like a last meal type thing. Sweet. You know, you get a last meal, a last supper, um, <clears throat> and you get the list. You get to have whatever food you want, whatever uh-huh. meal you want, starter, main, dessert. Uh, we kind of it, it sort of naturally fall into that. Actually, the starter, main, dessert with everyone so far, um, and you get to listen to a record as you're eating nice. your chosen food. Uh, you know what? It's just it's it's like I say. It's just a you know hypothetical horseshit to to tie it to. You know, sure. May as well tie it to food music. Why not? Yeah. So flip the script here. What's your starter for your last supper? Uh, well, so today it would be. Do you know what? I, I I'd be. I think I'd probably have avocado, like smashed smashed avocado, avocado with feta. Mm. Uh, and, and and oil and lemon and salt and pepper, nice. all mixed up. You want you want to go about seventy percent avocado, thirty <laughs> percent. Yeah. Let me get my notebook. Out. Hang on, I'll write yeah, this down. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, I would have that on uh, on toasted sourdough, preferably toast. If it's my last meal, mm. I'd like it toasted a little bit dark. You know, so it's around right. the edges, it's getting a bit sort of caramel. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Starting to burn a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um. Poached egg on that, right? That is just perfectly poached. You know, so the albumin is nice and white, but mm-hmm. the the yolk is just as you need to run a bright yolk. yellow as it can be. Mm. Um, a bit of Tabasco. That would be a that would be a, a starter. It's good gear. My, but that's because I'm in breakfast mode. Yeah, you know what I mean? I've, <laughs> I've literally just got off the boat <laughs> and I'm starving. You know, what I mean? I've had three coffees and I'm. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from living in America has been hot sauce. It's amazing. Yeah, hot sauce. So good. Yeah. Especially for breakfast. So your main course, it's a pretty big starter, but like you said, you're hungry. What are you going for? The main course? What I have for main? You know what? The way I'm feeling right now, I'd have something light. You know what? I'd have something summery. I'd have something that reminds me of Athens in the summer. I'd have a Greek salad Mm. is what I'd have. A big one. Aye. You know, a big one with plenty of uh, Kalamata, you know. It's good. Yeah. What's playing in the background while you're chowing down the sweet food? Something on a bazooki. <laughs> I'm going to be fully honest. I have no idea what a bazooki is. Yeah, that's a, it's a, like, a, you know, like a mandolin type okay. uh, sounding type thing. With a, um, now, do you know what... Uh, 
I would have uh, Buena Vista Social Club playing in the background for that. Even though they're they're not a Greek band, you know, they're, they're <laughs> from Cuba, but there you go. And then dessert, how do you top it all up? Dessert. Do you know what? It's the last meal. I'd probably have something. I'd probably have a deep fried banana split. <laughs> a deep fried <laughs> banana split uh, with chocolate sauce. And maybe, and maybe some. It's it's my last meal, right? So I can. It doesn't matter. Yeah, sure. I'd maybe, I'd maybe melt some Snickers. Oh, baby. And uh, oh yeah, and maybe some cream, <laughs> and have that, <laughs> have that to drizzle over my uh, deep fried banana split. Unbelievable. Yeah, that, I'd maybe have that, and I would listen to. Uh, I would listen to Anarchy in the UK with the Sex Pistols. Nice. What a way to go out. Yeah. Unreal. Who all have you interviewed so far? Who all have you chatted to in the podcast? Oh, well, no. Oh, yeah. I can't reveal. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> you know what? I will tell you because then you can cut it out if it's, if it's, if it's not good. <laughs> you know, uh, Mary Gaucher. Cool. Do you know Mary Gaucher, the writer, songwriter? Um, she's, a, she's a songwriter from uh, Louisiana originally. Just, yeah really interesting woman a beautiful beautiful songwriter her songs are stunning uh billy bragg um who else did I a guy called paul thorne from uh tupelo mississippi <laughs> <laughs> he's funny man he's a he's a he was he was a pro boxer whoa yeah fought roberto duran uh, so like you know, he's been around, but that you know, he said he, he realized he realized he was never going to be champion at that. You know, he was never <laughs> going to be first best. So I'm I'm going. I think I'm going to leave that and turn to music. So now he's a singer songwriter. Amazing. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's a funny guy. That was it was a lot of fun talking to him. Um, ah, oh, jeez, I'm blanking. <laughs> I did. Uh, How many reckon you'll do before you release it? You know what? Pr- probably about twelve. Yeah. Probably, because um, it's going to take a while to get into a flow. Yeah, you know, it's a class name, and it's a it's a good, like you said, it's a good thing to hang it on, like food and music. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, it does feel a bit peculiar though, because <clears throat> you know, there's a point where I'm talking to Mary Gaucher, and she's you know she's she's talking about uh, she says something like. You know George Bush and Dick Cheney. You know are war criminals and should be tried as war criminals. And then I'm going. Uh, so what would you have for dinner? Like, well, you know, we we so so Mary, we, we've done your starter. So oh that was starters. Word. You know, it feels a bit sort of frivolous, or you know, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you got to hang it on something. It's hard. So the first question I always uh, started these podcasts with was always like. Um, it was trying to play on that whole elevator pitch thing and it was like, you know, uh, if you were to walk into an elevator and Liam Neeson was standing there, like, how would you introduce yourself on the ride up? And sometimes I just got to the point where I was like, I I just can't ask people this because they would just crumble. They just couldn't handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you, you would always hear them and they're they're just like, and it became a bit of a tradition and I felt like I couldn't back out on it. And then just a couple of episodes goes like, look, if it works. And if it flows, it, 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 it you know, will do it. And if not, I'll just leave it because it would disrupt the flow so much because people would be really into the middle of something there. You know, like think of how this podcast opened. If I was to turn around and just be like, so then, Foy, uh, if you were to walk into it, I'd be like, what is going on? You know what I, I mean? I tell you exactly. Let's do it. Hit, Hit me. It. All right. Foy, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, you walk into an elevator and Liam Neeson standing there. How would you introduce yourself up on that little what, ride? What time of day is it? Let's say it's 7.30 at night. I'd say evening. Boom. And then you get loads of smart arses like you who say stuff like that. And then I'm like, great. Well, this was an absolute waste of a question. That's why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are you going to tell us? Tell us about this project. It's way better to listen. Yeah. Honored. <laughs> uh, the project. Oh, yeah. The, we, the EPs. Come on. <clears throat> let's do it. So, so I'd got off the road. 
and I'm back at the studio and I'm, you know, following following the thread of songs, following my interest, and I'm going, I'm just jumping around and jumping around. Nothing's really sticking. I'm always I'm always going somewhere that I'm interested in, but there's no there are no songs coming from it. You know, there's nothing to write home about. Mm. You know, not one of them a keeper. Yeah. Um. So while I was doing that, I, I, I put certain practices in place, and one of them was to kind of just go through old songs and see what see what was what. If there's anything worth you know worth looking at, and I made I made two well I made lots of uh, uh, sort of playlists, but two in particular were quite crudely Americana and Soul. Mm. <clears throat> and they re- they filled up pretty quick. Yeah, and I was going. There's quite a few of those. You know, we should go and maybe we should release them. You know, some of them are are good. You know, and they would never see the light of day unless yeah, yeah, I go yeah. and cut them myself. You know yeah. what I mean? They're just going to sit here on my hard drive. Yeah. Um. So I thought, well, I go and do like a couple of EPs, as much for the enjoyment of it. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to go to Muscle Shoals. And record with you know, <laughs> record with those musicians down there, and uh, so paint that picture for us because <clears throat> I'm sure you know, just said Muscle Shoals and people are like we've just lost them. So paint us a wee bit of picture. People do gigs at Muscle Shoals. What's that all about? Well, Muscle Shoals is a in Alabama, right? Is a place in Alabama that was uh, it's where Fame Studios was and where Muscle Shoals sound is. Where a band called the Swampers. Uh, who were uh, overseen by Rick Hall, a guy called Rick Hall who ran Fame Studios down there. That is where Aretha Franklin cut mm. uh, Never Loved a Man. That's where Wilson Pickett cut the, everything, I think, actually. you know, wow. uh, Otis Redding, Percy Sledge, Mavis Staples, uh, you know, so... Uh, some of the some of the best known soul songs of all time recorded there in that room. Uh, yeah, and two of the, two of the guys on the session were uh, David Hood and Spinner Oldham, who were original Swampers. So they played and all that stuff, you know. Class. Yeah, there was there was a moment there was a moment standing it. So that's where I wanted to go to record these 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 soul songs. Um. And there was a moment standing there in Fame Studios. We were recording a song called Pain Never Hurt Me Like Love. And I was looking out through the window at Spinner Oldham, sitting at the Wurlitzer, and thinking that that same guy sat at that same Wurlitzer in this same room however many years ago. And that's where he that's where he came up with the riff for Never Loved a Man. Wow. They brought the song to the studio. So I can't remember who wrote the song, actually. Um, but they brought the song to the studio. And they were trying to cut it. And they just couldn't get it anyway. They tried it. And Spooner sat down at the Wurlitzer and went... You're a no good heartbreak. So he, that's where the song... Came, that's where the, the interest was rekindled. Yeah. And there he was sitting there playing. You know, I was... I felt more like a fanboy making this record, than, you know what I mean? I just, or, or just, you know, I don't know. I felt uh, in a constant state of glee. Mm, that's <laughs> just awesome. Happy, just buzzing and happy to be there. I just turned up and sang. It was good. It was good to to do it. But the so the thing is, I went and I did a soul record there, and then I picked sort of a handful of songs that loosely labeled Americana, and mm. went to Memphis, went to Sam Phillips Recording Studios in Memphis. I'm recorded there with uh, a group of folks I like to call Matt Rossbang and the Tennessee Ten. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, he booked he booked the musicians. Uh, he booked the musicians, and I just again turned up and played. But what happened there was I went then. Uh, the, the idea was we do two days recording, one day mixing, and get out. Mm. You know, just get in, re- record the song three times, pick the best one, yep. move on to the next one, type thing. Um. <clears throat> and I was meant to be five songs on each EP. Well, I got six songs in Muscle Shoals, but then when I went to Memphis, we got we uh, we cut eleven tracks in two days. Wow! All straight to tape. You know, it's just insane. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, it's 
That's exactly the way it's always was, you know. That's how music was always made, yeah. you know, just kind of musicians <laughs> going in and, you know, and, and playing it and doing it. And, but it was liberating because, you know, I suppose I, when I go in to do, when I've gone in to do my own records previously, there's there's always a bit more kind of, I don't know, hemming in hand or something, you know, mm. stoppy, starty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. But the, this experience was completely different. It just uh, was very freeing to walk in and not really know anybody. And But everyone knows the songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you just go in and... But I was very lucky with these guys in in, uh, in Alabama and and in Memphis. You know that that they just got it. You know the guy, the guys, the guys in, in Muscle Shoals. That's what they do. You know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. They do that type of music. They know it. Uh, it's their bread and butter. You know. And the same, the guys in Memphis. All these, all those folks were. Uh, just not only killer musicians, but killer musicians who are raised on that, you know, on that type of music. You know, they just know it inside out. Mm. They're, they're so intuitive. The way you know it was amazing to me from 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 running the song uh, to recording it. I think we would record the the this kind of run through as well, but but the second. Uh, you'd get one take on tape. It was amazing how how much they would grow between that take and the, and the next one. Oftentimes, you know, they'd be, reading, they'd be reading each other and all sort of seemed to know where their, where their pockets were. There was 10 of them. Wow. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, there's, that's a lot of people, but they, they found, they each found, you know, they kind of linked together like a little chain, you know. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were, they were great. Absolutely great. So yeah, we cut eleven tracks to, to uh, straight the tape two days, and I thought that well, that's an album. Let's let's mm. just release that as an album. Yeah. Um, and Ed then said, "Well, if you're going to do that, why, why not just record four more songs and release the solo one as an album too?" So I went back there a couple of weeks back and recorded four more tracks for that. Nice man. Um. Yeah, so that was a long, long, long answer. That's about an hour long answer to get round to talking about that project. It's good. You got to go where you got to go sometimes. I can't even remember why we started talking about it. it was, there, there was a reason, but... Yeah. That's fine. We um, The hardest questions are coming up because they're the stock questions that we ask everybody. So okay. we'll kind of start to land the plane here and finish with these. Um, the first one is, tell us about the most successful moment of your life? Uh, there, there, there are two moments. That's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a pass. You can tell us both. There if are you two want. moments, but they're one and the same moment in a way. Um, birth of Ella and the birth of Sonny. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was like, it's a close one. <laughs> <laughs> they're all right. They're they're here. Look, they're here. It's, yeah, that's that's success right there, isn't it? Yeah. The twin to that question is: tell us about the greatest challenge you faced and how you overcame that. You know what? I th- I, th- I think uh, my greatest challenge was probably uh, well myself. You know what I mean? My own apathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dealing with that, you know, and and uh, yeah, that's a tricky one, actually. Yeah, it what's is. the what's the I don't I don't know. Well, what do you mean by your own apathy? Well, 
I was always just a bit of a kind of floaty, you know, just floating around. Sure. Not really doing anything, not really interested in doing anything if it didn't involve weed, you know. Yeah. If it didn't involve getting stoned and listening to music or watching a movie or something, I wasn't that interested. Yeah. Um, and then even... Uh, Even then, after um, kind of being, you know, being in music and being in bands and touring around and, you know, playing a lot, you know, I was still kind of just stumbling around, bumping into stuff. You know what I mean? I didn't really know what I was doing. I'd know, and I I did, but I didn't care. I didn't want to know. It it was, I sort of knew I didn't know. I was like, I don't care. I just like singing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like singing. So I'm going to just do this. Because I'm, in, it's it's interesting me. I like it. Yeah. Um. But then, kind of realizing, oh, hang on. You know what? If you just focus this a bit more, you could you could enjoy you could enjoy it a bit more, and it and it would be more rewarding mm. in many ways. You know, just getting that head on. You know, and again, kids. Yeah. Or what made that? You know. <laughs> Have a kid, that will sort you right out. Really? You know I mean? Is that what happened? It just takes the spotlight immediately off you, you know what I mean? And and you, you kinda realise, oh I better better get myself together here. Mm. You know? There's you know, there's someone else to, to think about and plan for and look out for. And show show the way. Yeah. I better reacquaint myself with the ropes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've kinda just been kinda meandering around here. In a bit of a drunken haze. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, questions people submitted in. I like this one here. It's a wee local one. Jamie Hawthorne, what is one place you always go to whenever you're back in Northern Ireland? One place you love going back to? Uh, well, there's lots of places. Mean like specific? I mean, Bangor. Do you mean specifically somewhere in Bangor? Hit me. Uh, do you know what I like walking along the Seacliff Road? Um, and Grimsport. I've got a soft spot for Grimsport and that area. That that coast is beautiful. Yeah, but you look most places. On this entire island, mm. you know, are, are are beautiful. Aside from the build-up areas, there's no there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> you know, some of those things look like mobile phones to me. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, another one that was submitted was: if you could play any venue in the world, where would you play? Any venue, any venue in the world. Does it have to be in existence? No, it can be dead or alive. <laughs> Could I play uh, like uh, a gig on the moon? Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. I'll do a gig on the moon. Then. There you go. We'll talk to Elon Musk. See if he can make it happen. Yeah, he just shoot me up there, right? <laughs> we gig on the moon would be all right. It's good. Another one of the stock ones is if you could take anyone from Northern Ireland out for coffee or a beer or whatever, dead or alive, you do have that caveat. Right. Uh, who would it be? Where would you take them? Hmm. That's another good one. <laughs> that's, another, that's really got me thinking. That's really got me thinking. Because uh, there's so many. I'm thinking, oh, maybe. Uh For a coffee or a beer? Yeah, where are we going? What, this, I mean, so, it's, it's all up to you. You've got the whole so Northern Irish roster from all existence and you can take anyone anywhere. Uh, I would take... <laughs> uh, 
trying not to be cheeky here. You know? <laughs> all the ones that are coming to me is I'd take Arlene Foster to fucking jails. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh. Yeah, stay away from the low blow. The 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 play because you'd be surprised how many people have just given that like the oh I take ex-politician out and give them a good talking to uh, like come on we something something wee bit different than that yeah although they all could do with a good talking to <laughs> or just stop talking to them probably be better <laughs> just and stop listening um do you know what I don't know I don't know Geordie 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 Best I'm hanging out with Geordie Best we might, you know what? Anyone, anyone. My dad. What am I talking about? Unreal. I was waiting for you. I would this whole time in my head. I was like, maybe he just doesn't want to say it. Yeah. No. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, sorry, Dad. If you're <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about everybody yeah, before yeah. him. Uh, yeah. Of course. You know, if I was if I was given enough time, I'm sure I would have figured that out. You know, if you were an actual genie saying you can make oh, this wow. happen, oh, I'm wow. pretty sure. The real possibility of it would have uh, would have would have hit me like a freight train. I would have said, "My dad." Where would you go with that? Uh, he liked the co- he liked the coast as well. Actually, probably yeah. the same the same coast. Actually, yeah, out around uh, Orlock, Groomsport. Nice one. Or maybe go to Fieldies for a pint first, though, and then we walk around the a walk around Seacliff. Yeah. It's good, man. Last question. Last one? Yeah. I mean, I can throw in a... There's, there's one here, actually. It says, um, <laughs> really like your mustache. How much maintenance does it take you and why do you use it? Or why do you have it? Why do I have it? <laughs> why do I have it? I, I have it because I didn't shave it. That's why it's there. Um, you Is this from a guy or a girl? Uh, anonymous. Anonymous. So, uh, yeah, well, whether, also, you're, well, whether you're a guy or a girl. Well, what, what would the difference be? I'd love to hear the, the nuance and the answer. Well, you know, like I, 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 most, I'd say the vast majority of guys, w- w- the only thing they need to do to get a mustache is to not shave it. Sure. Right? But you, uh, you do have a pretty epic mustache. It's not your, your run of the mill, oh, I didn't shave for a week. You know what I mean? Oh, no, 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 no. It's a. Uh, but that, that's how it started, though. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, well, it was more than a week. I hadn't shaved in flipping ages. I, I was on tour, and then I'd come off tour straight into the studio uh, or get pre- preparing for studio to record Joy of Nothing. And then I was in the studio for two weeks. And, you know, so it was like, it was, I can't even remember how long it was. I looked like Fu Manchu. <laughs> like, see, so, you know, my mustache grows all right, but the, like round, all around here, it's all pretty patchy. Oh, wow. So it was wild looking. <laughs> it was absolutely wild looking. But when I was shaving it off, I kept the mustache, you know, and was walking around, you know, just having a bit of a laugh with it. And I thought, I actually like that. Nice. You know, I, I think I like it. I'm going to let it just crack on there for a bit. Stuck. Yeah. Uh, but no, it doesn't take, like, I I know people go and get their beards trimmed and all that. I haven't had my, my moustache trimmed since the last, I don't know, two years, since the last time I was in uh, Barbers in Sheffield. Unreal. Savills. Uh, yeah, no, so the answer is, no, it doesn't take, I have it because I didn't shave it. Yep. And because I, when I didn't shave it, I thought that I liked it, so I kept it. Yeah. Uh, the word vagabond. Uh, vagabond has kind of come up a couple of times in your, you know, interest. I suppose. What is it about the figure of the vagabond that I don't know attracts you or is interesting to you? Because vagabonds stand on the outside, mm-hmm. looking at the cogs of society, observing it, seeing things properly for what they really are. As the rest of the world scurries around, going to and fro, you know, whatever constructs they have. Yeah. With the vagabonds going, none of that shit exists, man. What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It's sunny. 
have a here, have a beer. There's a wee, there's a corner over here where the wind doesn't get you in. The sun catches your face just right. Come here and have a beer with me. <laughs> Vagabonds have that. Uh, <laughs> it's not always that rosy, of course, <clears throat> but I suppose. That's the intrigue with them, you know, just being on the outside of it all, mm. watching it. They're really interesting people, folks that live in the street, and they're not all unhappy to be there. Oh, you I know think. what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, you can never be too quick to make any judgments about anything. In fact, yeah. yeah, some of the most interesting people I've ever met have been could be labeled under that vagabond umbrella. Yeah. Um, fascinating. Really hey, fascinating. we're all vagabonds, man. We are all vagabonds. That's the thing. We think we know shit. It's true. But in reality, we're like dots, minuscule, insignificant dots on a equally insignificant blue dot mm. in a galaxy among... You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Whatever it was you were worrying about, whatever it was, don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's the proper last question, okay? So, again, it's a bit of a trope, but I like it. If you could turn this studio into a time machine, go back to, let's say, let's say you're 23, 24, and you had a couple of minutes to sit down and give yourself a couple of pearls of wisdom, a wee bit of advice, a wee bit of a talking to, what sort of stuff, I don't need word-for-word word perfection, but what sort of stuff would you be telling a young foy? How long do I have with them? However long you want to talk from right now. <laughs> well, do you know what? I think I just, I, 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 because what I'm thinking is if I, if I could sit down with them for an hour, I would sit and I'd take, a, I'd take his hands and I'd look him square in the eye for half an hour and then I'd say, listen. Mm. And then for half an hour more, I'd sit quietly and looking at him. <laughs> I'd try and drill it in there. Go like, it's really, really important. It's vital. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, if I'd learned that quicker, it would have been good for me. But, but, you know, it's all good. Awesome, man. Foy, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Not at all, man. Thank you. My goodness. Absolutely legendary stuff. Seriously. What do you say to something like that? Well, I know what you say. You say thank you. Foy, thank you very much for, for taking the time out of your very, very busy schedule and your limited time in Northern Ireland just to you know share what you've shared with us. Really, really appreciate it. For you guys listening, whether you've been listening from episode one or if you're just tuning in now in episode 56, really appreciate you carving out a little bit of space in your day or in your weeks or whatever it is uh, to tune into these podcasts. If you're not familiar with us, this is the Best of Belfast podcast. It's a show that celebrates Northern Ireland and the incredible people in it. We've done over 55 kind of hour-long unfiltered conversations with some really interesting people from this part of the world. We do this because we think Northern Ireland is an incredible place to live and that we have stories worth sharing and worth celebrating. You can find out who else we've interviewed and see photos of our guests at bestbelfast.org. It's also where you can sign up to our weekly newsletter and support the show financially to help us on our journey to 100 episodes. I've been very, very busy with the podcast recently. I kind of go through different seasons where various parts of my work life take priority, and the podcast has just had two weeks of, I mean, absolute undivided attention and I've probably done, I mean, not to freak anyone out, but I probably have done between 10 and 14 interviews the last couple of weeks. I was also back in New York there for a few days, interviewing some more incredible Northern Irish people living out there. So, I mean, I feel, I'm almost torturing myself. I have, like, these unbelievable, incredible conversations that I've already done. They're sitting here on my hard drive. And I just, <laughs> number one, I can't wait to, like, just tell you, like, who these people are. And number two, I just can't wait to share them with you. But, you know, you got to pace yourself. It's a weekly show. Time goes quicker than you maybe think. So you'll hear from me next Monday morning. Until then, all the very best. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Simon Worthington, and I am based in Port Stewart. I am the editor of Turf and Grain magazine, an independent magazine which is committed to sharing the stories, experiences, and ideas of the people of Ireland. 
I listened to Best of Belfast because it does the same thing for Northern Ireland and it shows us all that Northern Ireland has a better story to tell than what is often represented in the mainstream media. My favourite episode is the episode with Ryan Crown. Um, Ryan is someone I know and someone whose amazing career I've followed quite closely over the years. I support the podcast financially just because it's really important for independent media to receive backing because it's a really important space within our society and this podcast is just doing a really amazing thing for Belfast, if I'm honest. If you've been on the fence about joining the Producers Club and would miss Best of Belfast if it wasn't here, I'd highly recommend considering joining it today. You can do that over at bestofbelfast.org and I look forward to chatting to you in the WhatsApp group soon. Thanks.